0: Have your Bible with you, go ahead and get it out and uh, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you have a Bible app on your phone, 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Amen, amen. We started a, a series a few weeks ago called Life in the Spirit. And all the spirits said, (laughs) now that was your body. (laughs) Uh, If you missed uh, any of the previous parts of this, of course they're available to you free of charge. Uh, Just go to the website, you can download, you can watch, you can listen. And uh, I would encourage you to do so, believe it will be highly beneficial. Life in the spirits. Okay, let's read our opening text. Uh, once again, from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. 4 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Everybody say, me neither. You should be ready for that by now. I've been saying that everybody. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So there is an outward man, right? And there is an inward man. You don't see the inward man, you just see the outward. Uh, but doesn't mean the inward isn't there. Verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. What are we supposed to look at? What well, we can't see. Exactly. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And you can see the the reasoning there. This is why we would want to focus on unseen, eternal elements of existence because they're what's solid. They are the things we can rely on, we can count on, we can lock down and we can sink our anchor into as opposed to just fixing your life and attention and focus on the scene realm where stuff comes and goes and it's uh, unreliable and it's often changing. Spiritual things are just as real as physical but it takes a spiritual person to understand these realities. If even today, if you haven't already, if you will look to the invisible one Uh, The resulting effects upon your life will be much greater than, for example, if you look to the preacher. If you just look to some natural element. We always must be uh, more spiritual than that. Right? Uh, Even even Paul the Apostle wrote to the... Well, it's in this same book just a few chapters earlier... He, he said, "From now on, we don't know anyone after the flesh. Right? We're not to know each other based on, and judge one another based on, and and and, and have expectations based on outward things, fleshly things. Right? Hey Amen. What, what What do you mean? What do you mean by that? That means the person's clothing or their uh." ethnicity, or their financial condition, or their gender, or that's kind of, that's irrelevant once you get into Christ. You you get into Christ, and you start seeing things from a spiritual perspective. That's what we want to do, in all that we do. And so, uh, you know, my uh, my grandpa, who's been gone for a long time now, but uh, my grandpa was pretty happy uh, when I went into the ministry. Uh he was a believer but from a different type of church than we uh than we are, uh more dead. <laughs> uh, I believe so you know different styles and you know uh uh not to not to make this synonymous with dead the statement I just made but very uh, orderly open up the hymn, and sing from this passage, and then the 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 person speaking would get up and do their thing, and there was never a peep out of anyone when they when you 're preaching <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, just a totally different deal and and so when he was still with us and he had an opportunity just on a couple of occasions to hear me speak uh, he would he would say things he was you know he was his heart was full of gladness he didn't care about the different styles i don't think or i don't even know if he recognized them to tell you the truth uh, uh but he, he would he would say to me that was a really good speech i'm thinking speech i did not give a speech i don't give speeches i hated a speech when i was in high school that was for some other reasons i just you know but i and i'm thinking you call what i do a speech i prayed in the holy ghost <laughs> i studied the word i had an encounter with god I, my heart was filled with revelation and presence and then i gave a speech <laughs> no i don't see it that way this is <laughs> I, I see these things from a far more spiritual perspective I really do. Nothing wrong with a speech, but that's just not what I'm doing. (laughs) And I I don't think that's really ideal for proclaiming the gospel, just to give a speech. It needs to come from a place of life. And and really a place of I know him personally. And I'm talking about someone I've met. Amen. It'd be be like if, uh, you know, I know some of this is old school. They used to do it this way. But refer to the part of the service that we just finished. They would call that the song service. You ever heard that? The song service. Then you, of course, you have a song leader. <laughs> and uh, uh, I used to be the song leader. But if you'd have called me the song leader, I'd have reacted the same way as when, when, when my grandpa said, "That's a nice speech." <laughs> I'm not leading a song here. This is worship. This is praise to our Most High God. This is we're being filled and led by the Spirit of God. Amen. And so I like to see things from a from a divine perspective, best I can from a spiritual perspective. Not, not what we do here, even even that. It's just well, I went to church. Well, certainly it was more than that. I hope, I hope you had an encounter with God. I hope you heard something on the inside. I hope you had an experience where He became more real to you, or something got fixed that was broken. A prayer got heard and answered in the midst of our service. More than. A religious ritual or an activity. Turn with me over, if you would, to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, chapter 16. Left turn from where you were. If you're going digital, I don't know what way you go. Scroll, click, type. Acts 16. Acts 16. This was... uh, well, let me just—we'll just go ahead and read uh, Paul's experience and so forth. It said in verse 16, 16, 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, who brought her master's much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us, crying out, saying. These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now, by the way, how did she know that? Remember, we we, we talked to you a couple weeks ago. In the Spirit, certain people are known. Paul and Silas, his companions, they were known even even in the demonic realm. I don't mean they knew everybody. They don't know everybody. But they knew him. And so this girl is saying these things. Verse 18, And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, <laughs> turned, and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. All right. Very interesting uh, how, how, how this went down. You might look at it first of all and say, Well, what was wrong with what she was saying? Paul, you might have put her on payroll. <laughs> Chief advertiser. (laughs) Because you think about what she said. These men are servants of the Most High God. True. Who proclaim to us the way of salvation. True. Wow. Let's sign her up. (laughs) Make her the head of the ministry. (laughs) Right? She was saying some things that were right. But how many know sometimes there's something wrong with the spirit of what's happening? Even though you look at it technically and you go, well, that's right, Paul, what's the problem here? But he was greatly annoyed. I think he was annoyed not just because of the words she was saying, but because of the spirit it was coming from. It was the wrong spirit on some right words. Uh, But uh, how many know you don't want everybody doing your advertising? Even if they do, even, I mean, that's true today, uh, but especially when it comes to the kingdom, but one, a person who says one thing and lives another way, they're proclaiming, but their life is a total contradiction. That's not the best advertisement. You know, I mean, I'm not talking about you, but other people that used to be here, Uh, a few times you wish someone wouldn't wear the t-shirt. A few times you wanted to say, we're out of bumper stickers. <laughs> right? <laughs> Why? Because it's such a contradiction. It's like, seriously, pre- please try at least to pretend to act like Jesus a little bit. Then put the sticker on. <laughs> right? Amen. <laughs> um, <laughs> Amen. But it's interesting to me here how uh, Paul recognized what was going on. And he, he knew it wasn't just a natural event happening. This was a spiritual motivation. all right. This, this woman, this slave girl here, was moved by this spirit. Notice he didn't say, uh, God, please deliver us from this bad uh, actor in, 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 in the advertising of our ministry. Lord, please make her go away. Notice he didn't talk to God at all. There are times when we deal with spiritual things and the conversation is not with the Father. Because you know, you know this, there's nowhere in the scripture, nowhere, you can read the entire New, New Testament, New Covenant, and you, you won't find that anywhere that we are to pray to God about doing something, that he would do something about the devil. Oh, the devil's been harassing me, I'm praying the Lord will take this away. Stop, stop. It's, you're wasting your time doing that. Because he, he turned that authority over to the church. He gave you his name, the name of Jesus, so you could do what Paul did here, and he dealt directly with the Spirit. Everybody okay today? And so, but what happened here is he recognized the root of the problem, the root of this annoying girl doing his advertising, saying these things. He recognized there is a Spirit activated in her that is moving her to do this. This is where we want to be in life we want to start recognizing spiritual activity and motivation behind the scenes all right i don't mean we're looking for it we're not looking for demons we're not trying to find them but there are spiritual motivations behind why things happen and when we can see this is not just a person this is a spirit behind them we're laughing then Because now we can take the name of Jesus, we can apply the word of God, and effectively change circumstances. Change the enemy from having access and influence in our lives. I was wondering, I was reading about this, you know, I know it's not hugely popular, but there's probably not too many large cities where you can't go, and there's someone who's got a little business of fortune-telling. Right, and some bigger cities, you see it more than others. Someone's a, you know, someone's in this business. But how, it's interesting that no one refers to them as just being demon possessed, because they are. You'll see Hollywood TV shows putting on these, uh, you know, these different people who have these abilities to see things and know things and all this kind of stuff, and no one refers to them as being demon possessed. But I like to just shoot things straight and see it clear. Say, now that's a demon. So, how long have you had this demon? Some of them I, I, uh, some of them do, do know it, but in, as a society in, in society as a whole, people don't call it what it is. and if we call it what it is, people can get delivered. Sometimes these people want to be set free and and, and, and then they can be. You know, uh the apostle John wrote a scripture. you may be familiar with it in First John four. And he said, he said, Beloved, it's First John 4, 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Notice how many false prophets? Huh, many. they are not just a couple here or there. Not just a few every once in a while. He said, but don't believe every spirit. In other words, what, is this, what do you mean the spirit of the false prophet? Because the, 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 the spirit, the wrong spirit, would motivate a person to speak out things that are contrary to the ways of God. And we are supposed to be judging of that, discerning of that. We're supposed to look at what's being said and the spirit behind it, even if what is said sometimes is true, the spirit behind it, and say, no, there's something not right about this. I'm not going to associate, I'm not going to fellowship, I'm not going to receive this. I've had an individual once told me something years ago. They were speaking, you know, from a revelation standpoint standpoint or prophetic point of view. And they said something to me about, about my own life. And I analyzed the words and they were true. And I thought, especially later, I looked back and I thought, you know, what they said to me was totally right. But I wanted to, I felt like throwing up when they said it to me. Literally, it had, it just, on the inside of me, it was like, oh. Whoa, what's wrong with this? And, and I, I, I can see that sometimes something can be accurate to, you know, but it's the wrong spirit saying it, meaning it's not going to result in fruit. It's not going to result in good things happening in my life. Listen, if you are born again, you have the spirit of God inside of you. And because of that, you have an ability to discern things. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you've received Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, baptism in the Holy Spirit, you have even a greater ability. You have, a more, uh, have more power to be able to discern and know which things are right and what are wrong. Um, and, uh, and we won't always be able to judge things by the letter. I'm big in you know you know how we talk around here. What verse is that? Is there a scripture on that? You said this. What, what? How do you back that up? I always want to find scripture. But look at the little slave girl with the with the demon in her. And uh, you look if you line that up with scripture, you would have went well. Yeah, that's good. There was still something off, still something wrong. Sometimes we're not able to fully call something out by what the words are. And you remember this, even Satan uses scripture. You know, he'll use scripture against you to just tweak it just a little bit, just a little twist to deceive. He did that with Jesus. He came against Jesus. I mean, Jesus is the word of God. He came against Jesus quoting scripture. It is written. And of course, Jesus came back and said, it's also written, right? But the devil will use scriptures against us to get us off track. To get us uh, to get us uh, go go in the wrong direction, and uh, and we need to judge things not just by the word, but judge by the living spirit of God that's inside of us. Oh, I can't man, I can't wait to get to next week already. <laughs> All right, just parenthetical, it'll go right in there, okay? Uh, but I've noticed this; that it seems common. That wrong spirits often get things wrong about Jesus. When a when a spirit is in a wrong spiritual motivation, something gets tweaked about who Jesus is, what he has done, and, and so forth. In 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 biblical days, when the when John was writing some of his books, the issue was spirits were telling people Jesus didn't come in the flesh. They were they were saying. He wasn't a real physical person who came and lived and died. And that was called, it was this belief about, referred to as Gnosticism. You read that in First John. And so he put out that test. He said, make sure, and you can read it in there in First John 4. But make sure if a spirit's saying that Jesus didn't come in the flesh, that would be wrong. Okay. Well, that would be because that was their issue. I haven't had too many people even t- try to tell me that. Jesus didn't come in the flesh. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians twelve. He said, "If you ever see someone calling Jesus accursed, know that they are not speaking by the Spirit of God. They're speaking by a wrong spirit. So if someone says something negative towards Jesus, he said that would be the wrong spirit. If we were writing today, especially in our land, in our in our in our country, we might uh, you, you know we might say something like." Uh, Any spirit that says Jesus is just an angel, that he's Michael the archangel or something like that, know that that's the wrong spirit. Or we might say anyone that says that Jesus is a brother of Lucifer, we we would say that's the wrong spirit, right? It's just different lies at different times. The devil repackages things, but it always messes with who Jesus is. And that's how the enemy will still come against us, trying to water down and take away the reality of what Jesus has done for us. And some today, of course, they'll just think of Jesus as not being divine. Yeah, he was a nice guy. He was a good teacher. Or maybe even he was a prophet, but he wasn't the, he wasn't the divine second person and the Godhead son of God. You can see that's a wrong spirit trying to twist the reality of who Jesus is. Amen. Now, in the Old Covenant... Uh, we read that they were warned against people associating with, uh, again, it goes to mediums and that kind of stuff, but the, the, these spirits were called familiar spirits there. All right, let me show you. You don't need a term, but Leviticus 26. And the person who turns to mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people okay familiar spirits what would, what would a familiar spirit be that would just be a spirit that is familiar familiar with what with you your family your dealings your life maybe generations gone by that's how that's how some of these fortune teller type uh, individuals that's how why they can sometimes be right because there have been spirits hanging around the family for generations they simply know things <gasps> they knew and they said did your mom wear a purple sweater or something like that yes she did <gasps> amazing bit whoopty stinking do <laughs> what something spiritual happened that should not surprise us but what's interesting to me is about these familiar spirits they're familiar with you they're familiar with me they know things that are going on and if something came up that was like how did they know that just because they're around no big deal not impressed not amazed by everything supernatural can we be that way I know we live in a land and in our society with high education and everything that one of the bigger deceptions is spiritual things or, quote, supernatural things don't even exist. They don't even happen. Everything's just emotional and mental and everything can be explained naturally. That's just the most ignorant thing I've ever heard. Those people need to get out once in a while. Visit our church, just one of them, and we're just one, who are we? Our own little Idaho, Right? It's happening all over the world. The miraculous power of God, uh, let alone the wrong stuff. Uh, But notice in this verse, it says, the person uh, who turns to these familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them. That's interesting that he likens this this, uh, um, interaction with these wrong spirits as like sexual immorality, like being with a prostitute. You remember our discussion, was that last week? Uh, we talked. How, the, the New Testament said uh, Paul wrote. He said, "I don't want you to have fellowship with demons." It seems like it's similar language. I, I don't want you to associate with with these type of things. And uh, and so I think obviously we wouldn't go about this intentionally, but we should be discerning enough so we don't inadvertently begin to uh, participate with these wrong spirits either. Um, Again, some are just so impressed with anything supernatural that they open themselves up to deception. Let's not be impressed with super, with things supernatural. When it's God, it's a healing, an answer to prayer, a miracle. Be impressed, I mean, in the sense of, thank you, Lord, you're awesome, you're good, but not even surprised. The people that are most surprised with, with miracles see them the least. Because they're so skeptical. They're so, it's like, wow, that really happens. What, what, you've never seen that before? You've never seen someone have a, they, did, they had cancer and now they don't? And they didn't take radiation or chemo? You've never seen that? How weird is that? Now listen, I'm not putting anyone down because if that is strange to people around us in our city, I think that's our fault. And I'll take the blame. It's like, I'm not doing enough to make, to make it known where God's power is real. And he wants to help people. Sure, we see these things, but I think we need to see them more. And we will. More and more, increasing more and more. But, you know, a, f- a friend of mine went years ago to a particular ministry church, uh, maybe some kind of conference or something there, and he was registering and signing up uh, for the deal. And, and one of the parts of his registration, they wanted him to sign up for his, uh, his personal prophecy. And he said, what's this? He said, well, you go over here into this room and they're going to prophesy to you. And uh, he said, no, thank you. <laughs> and that was the right answer, by the way. Yep. See, it's, it's this overly, Im, uh, overly impressed with anything supernatural. What, God might have a word for me? Yes, he has a million words for you he has lots of things to say but we can't go to back to the old covenant model where we start seeking out prophets and anyone who uh, you know I- anyone who says I- i've got something all of a sudden they're directing people's lives and giving them words and telling them what to do with their money and sometimes prophesying money out of your pocket into theirs and you know or telling you to marry this person or that or uh, it can get so off track if we're not spiritually discerning and all of a sudden, everyone's a prophet, and everyone can be a prophet. They got these schools of the prophets. That's old covenant, man. That's not new covenant way that we do things. There are, I'm a, you know, we're non-profit, but I'm pro-profit, <laughs> you know, for-profit, uh, in the sense that all these ministry gifts exist. But the believer in the new covenant, each person has the Spirit. Each person can hear from God, and then when when these other gifts are in manifestations, it's a confirmation or it's a no. Just like I've told you about, I've, I've experienced these things. It's a, no, that's not right. That's not right. And for us to, uh, to say, I just don't know what to do. Can someone here tell me what God wants me to do? Well, stop thinking that way. Might it happen that way? Sure, but it, you, you have to judge it anyway. I tell people, if I tell you the Lord said something to me and, and he told me to tell you this, I want you to judge that. I would never lead someone astray intentionally. I would never do the wrong thing. I only want to help. But I'm a human being. And I could miss it. Amen. Well don't say too amen too loud on that one, but <laughs> Well, I know this person, and you know they're really used of God. And and God really uses them. And that's time some, sometimes where people get confused because there's good mixed with some. Flaky. Not so good. Well, they're really used of God. I know how that works, though. No one gets to a place where all of a sudden everything they say and do is infallible. You remember Peter? Uh, Peter, one of the twelve. And one day he had a revelation with Jesus, and Jesus was asking the guys, Who do you say that I am? And da 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 da. And Peter spoke up and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Good answer. You are the man. He said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed that to you, but my Father who is in heaven, he gave that to you. And then you read a few verses later, so Peter's hearing from God. Woo, I know who Jesus is. He is the Christ. A few verses later, Jesus starts talking about going to the cross, dying on the cross, and Peter speaks up again. (laughs) He says, oh, no, Lord. (laughs) No, let that, never, 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 let, let, let not that happen to you. And you know what Jesus did then? He spoke up again and said, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) This one moment, way to go, Peter, you're hearing from God. The next minute, you're yielding to the devil. (laughs) And thank God he got that lesson. But we recognize that is a real possibility. Everybody okay today? Amen. What sometimes people call super deep is just more emotional. This is really deep. Yeah, It's emotional. It's deep spiritual stuff. What, you feel it more? And it gets too much in the sense realm, the emotional realm. We need to be spiritually discerning. Amen. Can I throw out something that, you know, I might get shot for? (laughs) I tread on thin ice. I just hope you hear and understand what I'm saying. When you go back to the very first book of the Bible, and you read about Adam and Eve and the deception that took place with the tree and eating the fruit and how Satan came and said some of these things to, uh, to them. And when you read about how Eve ate and then gave to her husband and he ate, and then you read back, you go come into the New Covenant, you read some commentary about that event and you'll see multiple times that the Scripture said there that Eve was deceived, but Adam wasn't. Eve was deceived, Adam wasn't. This is not to pump up Adam over Eve, because she was deceived and he was an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, you know. But there is something to learn there as well. And and I, I speak this both by scriptures I've studied and 29 years of full-time ministry and relationships with many pastors and so forth that this is so common and and again it's not said to put any anything anyone down I believe that God put husbands and wives together and it's a it's a real safe thing when they are together it's a real good thing so why why was Eve deceived and not Adam well, part of it could be because he was called to be the head of that relationship. And there's more grace there to lead and to do that. And I, I, he failed in that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Adam was awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. <laughs> no. But he was graced to do that and to be the head. And I've I've spoken to so many uh, pastor friends and seen these things over the years. And, and it's a common known reality that sometimes when that husband and wife, and I realize not everyone's married, and that's fine, but in a husband and wife relationship, when it when they go squirrely, it's because the wife is wearing the spiritual pants in the family. Now, you can say I'm whatever you, <laughs> but I'm not. You know that. You know that. And it's just there is a healthy thing happening ...when a, a husband takes a spiritual lead in their family. And without it, without taking the lead... ...some of you, you don't know and raise their hand, don't know elbows... ...some of you husbands know, my wife would go off the deep end if it weren't for me. <laughs> that sounds bad, I'm not talking about mine, she wouldn't. <laughs> and I'm not talking everybody, but I have seen it over the years... ...over the years, over and over and over and over again... This person will go into spiritual weirdness if it weren't for this guy, this guy here. He's seeing some things that she's not seeing. Now, at the same time, I know there's some sometimes some sensitivity, some spiritual things that happens the other way around, where he's hard as a rock, and he's not getting it. But there is something about um, a grace upon a leader. I know it in pastoring. There is something on me that the Lord has put on me, and sometimes... I just am able to see through the smoke, and some people are not. They say, well, I don't understand why you don't do this. Why don't you get involved in this? Why isn't the church doing this? Well, because we're not supposed to. Well, I don't understand that. I know you don't. Right now, I get that, but I do. I do do know why. And you should be glad that I do. (laughs) In other words, there's a real grace upon a person to lead. I just don't want to be so enamored by all things supernatural and spiritual, so we're running this way, and then we're running this direction, and we're always looking for every, to everyone to tell us what God's saying and doing. We have the Spirit of God inside of us. I would encourage you to do some testing of the spirits in your life. Don't just go anywhere and listen to anything. Don't just pull anything up on the internet and just because someone recommended it, say, I'm going to spend an hour listening to this whatever, or watching this video. Have have you ever had that, this happen? Because I've had it happen a number of times. Where I go to read a book, or to buy a book, or I go to listen to something, and I have nothing in my head that says it's wrong, or error, or anything like that, but right on the inside, I know, don't do that. Don't listen to that. And my head sometimes wrestles with it. And I think, well, what's wrong with that? It's good. They, it was recommended. And I've learned to follow it. There's times I have look back and I think, well, I'm just not going to do that. I, don't have any, I can't really explain it to someone. I'm not going to tell anyone else, stay away from this. I'm just not going there myself. Because I know on the inside by, by a discernment that the Lord has given me to recognize something's going to be harmful. You can have it in the natural. You could have it where you go to eat something. And it's like, I'm not supposed to eat this. Come to find out, 10 other people went to that restaurant that day and got food poisoning. And the Lord saved you. And there's no natural explanation. Well, I like that kind of food. This is my favorite restaurant. Yeah, and someone in the back didn't wash their hands. Or whatever. How can you know that kind of stuff? How can we be saved? By having a spiritual relationship. Life in the spirit. Amen. One more verse today. In fact, we'll put it up. We read this to you last week, and I wish we had more time. Go ahead and put up 1 Corinthians 2. Or don't. And verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Next verse. But he who he who is spiritual... What does he do? Judges all things. Judges all things. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Spiritual people get it. They do. I would encourage you to be the most spiritual person you can possibly be. And I do not mean in any sense of the word weird or out there. Woo. Can't relate. No. Spiritual is powerful. You see things. You have, you have discernment. You're normal. Listen to this. Uh, That 15th verse again from the Living Bible. Oh, no, 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 Living Bible. There we go. But the spiritual man has insight into everything. And that bothers and baffles the man of the world who can't understand him at all. This covenant we we live in, the new covenant, that means covenant based on Jesus, death, resurrection, death, burial, resurrection... Is is designed to be a spirit led relationship. The old covenant was about law; it was about the Ten Commandments and six hundred other commandments. It was about follow the rules. The new covenant is about being spirit led, and I will break that apart more for you going forward, lest I leave you hanging. But this relationship that if you want to have a relationship with God today, you must learn. To be filled and led by the Holy Spirit. How do I know what to do? He's in you. He knows everything. How do I know where to go? He's in you. He knows everything. I don't understand. But he doesn't. He's a teacher. You know who the best teacher in the world is? Say, it's you, Pastor Mark. It's you. No, no. No, no. (laughs) The best teacher in the world lives right on the inside of you. And if anyone, like myself or many others who do better job, if they are teaching right, it's truly the Spirit of God inside of you who's teaching, who's opening eyes, who's given understanding. Amen. So the teacher lives with you. He lives in you. And he'll instruct you in everything to do. Amen. Praise God. Father, thank you for working in our hearts today.